Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Susan DeSunzi. I am so happy to be here today to record this episode for you because it's December and it's just a few days before Christmas. And for those of you who celebrate that holiday, beautiful. And yet, I wanted to do this very special episode, like I do usually every year, because I wanted to point out that not everybody celebrates Christmas. There are many other holidays that are celebrated by other religious faiths and groups around the world. And the most important thing is that not everyone is happy. Not everyone views this time of year through that lens of joyousness and happiness and giving. Sometimes this time of year brings up all kinds of hurt and pain and grief. You might feel depressed or sad or anxiety-ridden. You might just look upon this time of year like, bleh. And so as we dive into today's episode, I invite you to open your mind and your heart to the possibility that while you may feel joyous and happy and dancing with all the festivities and the coming together with your family and friends, there are those who don't. And if that's, if you come across someone like that, I invite you to listen to this episode today with those ears of how you can help bring and spread some love and joy to those who might not see this time of year through that same lens. Happy holidays to you, and I'll see you on the inside. Well, here we are. It's December. It is that time of year when so many people are filling their homes with aromas of baking cookies and plans have come together for people to share, to get together, to eat a meal together, to dance together, to sing together, to just love on one another at this time of year because it's maybe Christmas in your world, or maybe it's Hanukkah, or maybe you celebrate Kwanzaa or the solstice, which this episode is actually going out on December 21st. It is the day of the solstice. And you might celebrate Ratsu. You might celebrate Omisoka. That's one I haven't talked about before. You might be getting ready to celebrate Boxing Day. There are so many different holidays, and yet it brings up so much for so many people by way of differing emotions. Some of you might be feeling happy and joyous and uplifted at this time of year. You love the Christmas spirit and the holiday season. You love to put up lights and decorations. You love to do for others and give and buy and shop for those that you're exchanging gifts with. And you just feel so alive and happy at this time of year. And... For some of you, you may feel incredibly lonely or grief-stricken. This time of year may hold horrible memories for you, and it may be very difficult 
to look at this time of year through that same lens of love and joy. And so while we will kind of dive into a little bit more of some of the things that you can do, whether you're feeling joyous and happy and loving, or you're feeling a bit depressed or lonely or sad or grief-stricken or anxiety-ridden, I first want to honor that the month of December around the world holds many different holidays and share just a little bit about those holidays with you so that you, as you hear other people say things like Happy Hanukkah or Happy Kwanzaa or Joyous Happy Boxing Day, you might understand what those are about and you can honor that. And that's a way of giving in your own heart is by honoring someone else's faith and tradition and belief system. So let's start, obviously, with the the one that many people talk about often, which is Christmas. And if you are not someone who celebrates Christmas, then you may understand or know that it is a Christian holiday. And in that Christian faith, Christmas is typically the historical celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And so whether you celebrate this holiday strictly for religious reasons or potentially for cultural celebration, there are Christmas traditions around the world that may be very different. So while here in the United States, we celebrate Christmas with trees and visits from Santa Claus and, you know, dreams and ideas of snowy landscapes, let's say in Australia, Christmas falls during their summertime. So in Australia, it is very popular for them to go camping or go to the beach over the holiday. And some Australians may decorate a Christmas bush, which is a very native Australian tree. And they it has uh, small green leaves on it and flowers that turn red during the summer. Isn't that interesting? Now, in England... A lot of the Christmas traditions are similar to those that we celebrate here in the United States. But instead of, say, leaving milk and cookies out for Santa Claus, which is a popular United States tradition, children leave mince pies and brandy for Father Christmas. Now, in Iceland, the capital city of, I hope I don't mess this up, Reykjavik, That turns into a a winter wonderland with its Christmas market for the children. And there is not one, but 13 Santas, 13 Santas, known as Yule Lads, Yule Lads. And one arrives each night in the 13 days before Christmas, leaving small gifts in shoes that are left in windowsills, I just find that absolutely fascinating that there are so many different traditions around the world for Christmas. And that points out to me my own bias over the fact that because I have been used to certain traditions that we celebrate here in the United States for Christmas, it was kind of in my mind that as others around the world may celebrate Christmas, that they're probably celebrating in similar fashions, but they're not, as I just kind of shared. Just very interesting. All right, and then we look at, in Judaism, there's a a holiday called Hanukkah, 
Now, as many of you know of my story, I was born to a Jewish mother and a Christian father, so we celebrated both Jewish holidays and Christian holidays while I was growing up. But there's a lot of people that don't that hear this, you know, on TV or uh, you know, referenced in various different ways, and they don't really have any idea what it's about or what who it's for. So I just I just like to honor again the different holidays that are celebrated by different religions and cultures around the world as a way of opening our mind to the fact that not everyone celebrates the same thing in the same way and feels the same way about it. All right, so Hanukkah, which in 2021 was actually the end of November, the 26th of November through December 6th, and it is an eight-day Jewish celebration that commemorates the rededication of the Second Temple in Jerusalem following the Maccabean Revolt. And those who took part in that rededication witnessed what they believed to be a miracle, that even though there was only enough untainted oil to keep the menorah's candles burning for a single day, one single day, the flames actually continued to burn for eight nights. Eight nights. One untainted barrel or canister of oil that was only good for one day, it actually lasted eight. I'd say that's definitely a miracle. Now, this is also known as the Festival of Lights, and it usually begins on the 25th of Kislev on the Hebrew calendar, and and the celebrations really revolve around lighting the menorah. So on each of those eight nights, another candle is added to the menorah at sun after you know after sundown actually, and lit. And then the ninth candle, called the Shamash, also known as Helper, is used to light the others. Now, during this time of the lighting, blessings are recited and traditional Hanukkah foods such as potato pancakes, which you might have also termed or heard called latkes, and jam-filled donuts. I can never say this word, so I don't even try, which are fried in oil are served. And other Hanukkah customs are things like playing with dreidels and exchanging gifts. Now, I remember as a child, yes, while, and and that was actually part of some of the bullying that I received, because as a child at school, I would get teased because people would be like, oh, look at you. You think you're special. You get all these gifts at this, you know, Jewish holiday thing and Christmas. Wow. And I would be like, if they only knew that the gifts that I would receive, that my brothers and I would receive at Hanukkah, would be small things like a dreidel or a, a little bag of chocolate coins. There were chocolate pieces that were made into like coins that were gold tinfoil wrapped, and we would be given a little bag of these chocolate coins. And we might receive some kind of a small little gift you know, um, over that kind of eight-day period that was a little bit, let's say, bigger than, say, the dreidel or the chocolate coins or something small like that. But it would typically be at Christmas time, too, then, when we were given a gift, it would typically be, you know, 
like another gift, like what we would have received at Christmas. We didn't receive big, huge gifts. My family was relatively impoverished during the younger parts of our life. They struggled greatly financially. And so there wasn't these big gifts or things like what we think of today when we look at you know, children who ask for like, you know, these big expensive gaming consoles and expensive shoes and things like that. We didn't, we got small little gifts. It was about the spirit of the holidays. All right. So then we have Kwanzaa, which is actually uh, an African cultural holiday. And it is actually, I, I believe it was founded in the United States. Here, here's an interesting fact that I found out, that a, a Dr. Maulana Karenga, in 1966, after the Watts riots in Los, in Los Angeles, he kind of, he founded a, a U.S. cultural organization and really started to research the African first fruit harvest celebration. And from there, he combined several aspects of that, several actually different traditional harvest celebrations to form the basis of Kwanzaa. I never knew that. I think that's fascinating. And the name Kwanzaa actually comes from the phrase Matunda Ya Kwanzaa, which means first fruits in Swahili. And so now each family may celebrate Kwanzaa in its own way, but the celebrations often include songs and dances and African drums and storytelling and poetry reading and a large traditional meal. And it's celebrated over a seven-night period where the families gather and a child lights one of the candles on the kinara, which then really goes to each, each candle represents one of the seven principles, values of African culture that are then discussed. Now, an African feast is called a karamu, and it's held on December 31st, and Kwanzaa itself is December 26th through January 1st. And then they have this African feast, this bigger African feast called Karamu on December 31st. I mean, look at the difference even between like how we may celebrate, and I say we, I'm I'm referring to the United States as far as a potential majority of people. Look at how we may celebrate here in the United States Christmas and how last I knew there were about 5 million people here in the United States that celebrate Kwanzaa. And look at the differences in the celebrations. I mean, wow. I, I love, I mean, do we tell stories at, at Christmas time? Do we potentially read poetry? Do we sing songs? Do we get together? Do we share? Do we maybe dance? The idea is that we may all be sharing some very similar traditions and even bringing in cultural pieces, but it's based on our particular beliefs and the things that we hold dear to us. And again, the, the reason that I'm sharing more about these specific holidays is because while this episode is really to kind of open your mind and heart to the possibility that and the understanding that not everybody feels the same way about this time of year and how we can give and share to others who, who may not feel that way or may have less than we do and are in need 
It is also then about honoring, just simply honoring the fact that there are many other religious faiths and beliefs and traditions that are important to be aware of so that we can approach another person in their own belief or feeling or emotional state from a place of love and honor, from a place of caring and giving. All right, so then we have uh, Boxing Day, which takes place on December 26th. Now, it's only really celebrated in a few countries around the world, and it originated in the United Kingdom during the Middle Ages, which I did not know that. I actually always thought that Boxing Day was a more Canadian holiday for our Canada friends, but actually it's not. So that's that was very interesting to me. Now, it is Boxing Day is the day when the alms box which is really a collection box for the for the poor and is often kept in churches would be opened and the contents of it distributed and that is a tradition that still happens in some areas it was also the day that servants were traditionally given the day off to celebrate christmas with their families isn't that interesting now It has become more of a public holiday in the United Kingdom, in Canada, in Australia, in New Zealand, among other countries. And what's interesting is that in England, soccer matches and horse races often take place on Boxing Day. Now, the Irish refer to the holiday as St. Stephen's Day. I never know if I'm to pronounce S-T-E-P-H-E-N as Stephen or Stephen. I've heard it both ways, but I'm going to say that it's St. Stephen's Day and the Irish have kind of their own tradition with it where they hunt the wren. I guess the wren, is that's a bird. So they're hunting the wren, okay, in which boys then fasten a fake wren to a pole and parade it through town. Now, in the Bahamas, talk about wildly different then. Now we go to the Bahamas. They celebrate Boxing Day with a street parade and a festival called Junkanu. Junkanu. I just look at the differences even with Boxing Day. I have a lot of Canadian friends, and I'm going to ask them who who they live in different parts of Canada. So I'm going to ask them next time I talk with them, how they celebrate Boxing Day and see if there's a difference in their traditions and how they celebrate Boxing Day itself. I just find that fascinating. All right, now we have another holiday, and this is considered the second most important uh, day in Japanese tradition. And I don't want to mess up this, the pronunciation. I do not speak Japanese, obviously. I believe it is Omisoka, and it is New Year's Eve. It is the final day of the old year and the eve of New Year's Day that is the most important day in the Japanese tradition. Now, families get together on Omisoka for one last time in the old year to have a bowl of Toshikoshi Soba or Toshikoshi Udan, which is very, it's a traditional meal based on eating the long noodles that cross over from one year to the next. So I guess 
I'm going to do more research on this, but I guess it's kind of like the noodles then cross each other. So it's symbolic of how one year crosses over into the new year. Now at midnight, many Japanese uh, people visit shrines or temples for what they call Hatsumode, where in within Shinto shrines, they prepare amazake to pass out to the crowds and then in most Buddhist temples, they have large cast bells that are struck once for each of the 108 earthly desires believed to cause human suffering. Wow, I find that very interesting. And I'm, I'm going to talk about kind of a Buddhist holiday and tradition too. Well, let's go right into that one because there was kind of a crossover here within some of the Buddhist temples where they celebrate uh, Omisoka. Well, and then we get into Roatsu, which is actually earlier in December. So Omisoka, which seems to be, you know, more of this very Japanese tradition and, and holiday, an important day, which is New Year's Eve, Roatsu is also called Bodhi Day. It's in the Buddhism tradition actually celebrated on the 8th of December earlier this month. What what Rohatsu, or Bodhi Day, is, is Buddhists remember when Buddha attained enlightenment while sil- sitting under the Bodhi tree and taught his followers how to live in harmony within their communities. So this is really a day for Buddhists, a, a day of remembrance and meditation, and is viewed by Buddhists very much like the Christian celebration of Christmas of the birth of Jesus Christ. So this is essentially kind of in the Buddhist tradition, this is essentially as this is, well, not essentially, this is as important to Buddhists as Christmas is to Christians is this uh, Bodhi Day or Roatsu. And then we look at one more holiday. I know I've kind of shared a lot about these different holidays, but again, it's about keeping our mind open to the fact that there are many different holidays and traditions, and there are seven and a half billion people on this planet, all different and unique and individual. And while Again, we may have similar belief systems or similar cultural traditions or similar behavioral patterns. We are unique and individual, and that means we view things from that very unique and individual place. All right, so for kind of our pagan and Wiccan friends, we look at the December solstice, which was is actually today. December 21st, when this episode is being released, may know that as the winter solstice in the Northern Hemisphere, which really marks the the shortest day of the year and the longest night for half the world. But it's really Yule. The December solstice in the pagan and Wiccan traditions is Yule. And it's the very ancient pagan celebration that is associated with that moment in midwinter, where many modern traditions like caroling and Yule logs, which used to be an actual, actual, actual log, not a chocolate cake. It was actually a wooden log 
And that stems from the very ancient 12-day festival from today. Do I have that right? Yeah, it happens from today, the 21st, for 11 days more after today. And it is celebrated by most modern pagans and Wiccans. So while the winter solstice is really, you know, what we understand as being the shortest day and the longest night, the pagan traditions and beliefs, it's really when they're celebrating the the cycle switch where the days start to lengthen. You know, it's one of those things where, yes, it's the, the shortest day and the longest night, but after today, we start gaining time back. So the days actually become longer again, and the nights become a bit shorter. So because the there are a large swath of pagan traditions that are centered around the nature-based calendar, this is very significant because they're really marking the cycles of the seasons. And so then in celebrating this solstice, this time, the pagan and Wicca believers honor the winter-born king, which is symbolized by the rebirth of the sun. It's really a celebration of family and friends and nature. Now, it is a time when the outdoor activities happen to really connect the land and build that kind of kinship with friends and family in Yule, it's when a lot of pagan and Wiccan believers stay indoors to discuss their plans for the new year and really reflect on what you've accomplished in the year before, in that current year that's that's ending. It, It isn't about the presence under the tree, but really about a rebirth coming into that new year and ensuring that family and friends make it through that long winter time into that new year to begin anew. I mean, I think that's fascinating. I think that's beautiful. And and see how some of these different holidays and traditions are very intertwined. What do what do we often do here in the United States at New Year? We create a New Year's resolution. We reflect upon the year past coming in anew to the new year and creating goals and resolutions. Now, while I don't necessarily like New Year's resolutions per se, because I think that oftentimes we use New Year's resolutions as a way to get excited about setting goals and plans for the new year and what typically happens. They fall by the wayside relatively quickly once we start getting back into our lives in January and the day-to-day routines, those some of those resolution uh, promises that we made to ourselves kind of fall away. I would much rather take things slowly and build a plan of action for myself over the course of the year than just create this resolution, be all excited, and then maybe feel bad about it when I don't follow through. So that is the winter solstice for our pagan and Wiccan friends. And then we get into the final holiday, and it's not last by least for any means. It is another Christian-based holiday, but it's for our Hispanic friends. And I've talked about it once before on my other podcast a couple of years ago, and it's called Las Posadas. And it's in the Christian faith. It is whereby in the in the Hispanic tradition, 
people reenact Mary and Joseph searching for shelter in Bethlehem. Basically, what happens is two people dress up as Mary and Joseph and go to different inns, which is called the Posada. And it's represented, those different inns are represented by different doors within the church as as the reenactment. And then Mary and Joseph go and they gather a, a group that go with them and they sing traditional songs back and forth with the crowd on the other side of the door. And this procession goes basically posada to posada, to door to door, or essentially it's the different inns that are represented by the doors, and they're turned away. Mary and Joseph are turned away. And then at the final posada, the final inn, the final door within the church, Mary and Joseph are let in. And then prayers such as the rosary are offered, followed by a meal with music and piñata activity. And the reason that the piñata is so significant is that it is formed in a seven-point star that we have seen, right? The star that represents the seven deadly sins, which I'm not Catholic nor Christian, uh, but the seven deadly sins are pride, envy, sloth, anger, lust, greed, and gluttony. And the the blindfold on a person who's going to hit the pinata represents faith. I never, ever knew that. I remember as a kid having a pinata at various times at parties I might have gone to or for my own birthday or within my family unit. And I did not know that the blindfold represents faith isn't this interesting how I'm learning about my own cultural and traditional biases and belief systems about what I believed were the reasons that certain things happened when I was a child that, you know, or things I experienced. And now I'm coming to learn as an adult what those pieces were really all about. Like the blindfold, when you go to hit a a pinata, is about faith that you will hit it, right? But in this cultural and religious tradition within the Hispanic community and Las Posadas, it is about faith. And then the stick that they hit the pinata with represents hope and prayer in the fight to destroy sin. Now, I personally don't believe in sin. I do not believe that we come into this world, into this form, into this body by way of a higher power I choose to call God, and that God is conditional in God's love for all of humanity, for all of our humanness, and therefore then can judge it as a good or bad thing by way of saying it's a sin or not a sin. That is my personal belief. You may not believe that, and that is perfectly okay. And that is why I share like all that I have shared today about the different religious beliefs and faiths and traditions and holidays, because this is about honoring that Each person has a different view of the world, different experiences, different thoughts and feelings and emotions, and it is important to treat each person with that honor. And so 
just finishing up why the pinata is so significant is that when a person who's blindfolded and hits the pinata in Las Posadas, the various treats that fall out then represent this and symbolize really the grace and the good things that we receive from God. And so I know I've gone into this very long kind of explanation of the various traditions and faiths around the world. But again, I, I, I invite you to understand that not that this is a beautiful example. Sharing all these different faiths and traditions and holidays from around the world, and these are just a fraction of them, is really representative of how important it is to recognize that other people may not feel joyous and happy during this time of year, regardless of the holiday or the tradition that they celebrate or used to celebrate. They may feel a lot of grief because this time of year may hold horrible memories for them or sad memories as they lost someone or they no longer celebrate these traditions and holidays with anyone anymore. Or you might feel sad or feel depression or anxiety around this time of year because you're alone or because you are isolated like right now with COVID and things are still up in the air with the pandemic in in many ways, especially with the Omicron variant. People may feel very frightened to get together. And so once again, they may not hold a traditional kind of party that, or get together like they had in years past. I know that my family and I are not holding our traditional Christmas, what we called our misfit Christmas dinner, where we got to get, we invited people to our home for dinner who didn't really have many family left. It may just be, you know, them or them and their, their spouse or partner or them and their, their adult child. And so we would invite various people over to our home. But because of the pandemic, we did not do it last year. I was sick last year as well. So that played a role as well. But this year, we're not doing it for that simple reason, that we don't want to see anyone get sick by getting together. Now, it doesn't mean we'll stop living and we'll stay hermits in our house until the pandemic has eased up. No. But during this time of getting together, we can we can zoom together. We can get together on a meeting, you know, like via Zoom, a video and see each other and share in the spirit even if we're not physically getting together and that was the whole idea of today's show was to share with you there are all these different religious and belief traditions cultural traditions that are carried on by people around the world and even in your own backyard maybe your own next door neighbor and if you see people who even through the pandemic, as you're out and about, you see people who do not seem to be happy and joyous. Offer a kindness. Offer a smile. Talk with them. If you know of a neighbor who is by themselves, inquire how they are. Check to see. Don't, please do not make an assumption that just because you may see, let's say, Christmas lights on their house, please do not make an assumption that they celebrate Christmas. Because lights could be 
a way for them to feel better. Lights could be a way for them to capture something that has been lost for a period of time. Putting up light somewhere may be a way for them to reconnect. And we cannot assume that just because we see something specifically, that it lends us to believe then and assume everything else about them, because that simply may not be true. So I would invite you to inquire, to question, to ask, to be there for another by way of not assuming, by way of asking, by way of sharing your heart and soul with another, your smile, your kindness, your giving loving nature with another to see how someone else may be feeling. Because there are so many people at this time of year who so badly want to reconnect with family or friends or or reparticipate in their long-standing old traditions. And for whatever reasons they do not or they can't, or the people that they used to share these things with are, are no longer with us, and they feel sad and melancholy and maybe even depressed and maybe even terribly stressed and anxiety-ridden. And I do honestly believe it is our role as a spiritually fully expressed human being, as someone who is walking that path to step in and integrate our divinity and our humanness together. I absolutely believe it is our role to share that with others by way of our smiles, giving of our heart, sharing of our heart sharing the love, sharing the joy, and looking through other people within this diversity of just these kind of December holidays and traditions that are celebrated, but then to look within that lens at how that translates to other thoughts and beliefs and emotions and ideals that people have, and to open our own mind and hearts to the possibility and the reality that what we believe and experience and feel and think isn't the only way, and that there are other ways, other traditions, other holidays, other beliefs, other thoughts, other emotions, other feelings that people have, and it's our role as a spiritually expressed human to share in that from a place of love and joy. So I know this has been actually a much longer episode than I intended. And you know what? That's okay, because it is the holiday time, and I'm sharing the gift of knowledge on these different traditions and holidays around the world, and I'm sharing of my love with and for you that you go forth and become the beautiful, divinely, spiritually integrated human that you've always been. And during this time of many typical giving periods during December, the feelings of joyousness and celebration and love, to share some of that love and celebratory giving with others who may not feel that. And be mindful of that and be conscious of that and give. Give that smile, give of your heart, give of your love. Is what you give always comes back to you by way of receiving. We cannot keep it until we give it away. Just think about that. The more love I give away, ultimately the more love I receive. And that means the more I have to keep giving. 
So I wish you the utmost beauty and joy and blessings during this holiday period, whatever it is you may or may not celebrate, whatever traditions or beliefs you may or may not share in. I wish you love. I wish you peace. I wish you joy. And as you continue through the rest of this month, if you find there are others who do not stand in that place of joy and love and happiness, please lend a hand or reach out if you need it yourself. There are many out there willing to share with you, to sit with you, to listen, to love with you, and to bring a little bit of understanding and empathy and joy back into your world and your heart. I wish you the utmost beauty in this holiday season, and go forth and be the spiritually, divinely expressed human that you are. I love you all. I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to another episode of The Spiritually Expressed Human, a place where we come together to navigate the human experience as the fully spiritually expressed divine human badasses we were all meant to be. If you liked what you heard on today's show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on the platform of your choice so that together we can share this out to the world and make the impact we're all here to make. If you'd like more information or just to touch base with me, please go to susandesunzi.com and explore and grab yourself some free gifts while you're there. Thank you so much for listening.